Welcome to Chat About, sponsored today by Higgins Heating, Air Conditioning and Refrigeration, the Bemidji Chrysler Center, Honda of Bemidji, and Beltrami Electric Cooperative. Today we find out what's going on at the Headwaters Science Center and say goodbye to a key founding member of the center with the Executive Director, Lee Furseth, on Chat About. Lee, welcome back to the show. Hey, thank you very much, Kev. I'm glad to be here. Well, you uh, have a number of things to talk about. Um, let's just start with a quick recap. You went up to Lake Itasca. Uh, wow, was it almost two months ago now? Uh, we haven't talked since then. Yeah, so. we haven't talked since then. And it was uh, last Sunday in September. So okay. we're just over a month now that we're in okay. November. Yeah. How was it? It was great. It, it was a wonderful first experience. We learned lots of things since it was the inaugural cruise, the very first time we had done that. And we learned lots of things, including, boy, 62 was the perfect number of people. That, that boat is wonderful for 62 people. Okay, there you go. Um, and, and, of course, that was uh, what was called the Discovery Cruise. It was called the Discovery Cruise. Okay. What did you discover? We discovered that it is fun to do an adult event. Uh, there were, was there only one kid? Uh, maybe there was only one kid. But uh, adults like to have fun together, and that's the perfect kind of event. We hung out together for two, three hours on a Sunday. It's right around the lunch hour. And, boy, I think people had a really good time. Awesome. Awesome. Well, the other uh, important thing to talk about is uh, one month to the day, a, a sad event for uh, the Headwater Science Center. Tell yeah, us about that. I, I'd love to tell you about it because it's weighing on my heart. Mm -hmm. uh, today, I, I even titled some of my notes, What's New at HSC? And there are new things, and it's a reason to be fired up. And then I went, but the newest news is sad news. Jim Elwell died. He died on October 2nd. So you're right. It's one month ago today. Okay. And, and Jim Elwell, huge, huge cornerstone of the Headwater Science Center. Yep. He's the founder, along with his wife, Laddie. They had this dream sometime before 1994. So obviously it was in their heads for a while. Our birth date is March 6, 1994. So we're talking 30 years ago. So sometime more than 30 years ago, Jim and Laddie were dreaming about a Headwater Science Center and Jim died. And Jim died at the age of 98. Oh my. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's time to pause and think about the people, whether it be the Headwater Science Center or any number of big, huge things that have happened in this town, there were people behind it. There were people who dedicated themselves to it and made it happen. Yep. We have some other partners that sure. tell the story of Jim Elwell, and they tell it with just beauty. Uh, so BSU gets to do that. Jim was a professor at BSU, and I don't know exactly how many years. I read through on Jim's obituary, and it talked about his 25 years of teaching. So I don't know if that's all at BSU. I know we weren't his first college, but I know there were years and years where Jim was a professor there, and there are people that talk about Jim as their professor. And then the other group that talks about him quite a bit, uh, the other group is the Mississippi Headwaters Audubon Society which was established by them or they went on the board of directors. You kind of know how that whole thing works. They yep. were right there as the founders of that organization too. And that one goes back further than 1994. So we pick up that story in 1994 when they come in and say, 
Oh, Jim's the CFO. Laddie is the executive director. So Laddie is literally my predecessor. Those are the shoes I try to fill when I think about the Headwater Science Center and 30 years old. I think a lot about Laddie because those are the shoes I'm in. And then Jim was the a partner in so many ways, right? Yeah. And uh, he was the CFO. It's amazing. You know, they had this vision and they it finally came to fruition and now we're still rocking so clearly it was uh, it was a good vision to have and there's a lot of people who share that vision of a of a science greatness in northern minnesota yeah how many how many years does an organization have to be around before they're just like permanently in the landscape permanently you know as something that we look at and think of so bemidji you think of headwater science center i mean that's one of the many pillars of this community and then you go oh way to go jim and laddie I want to talk about their love story a little bit too. Sure. Right? Yeah. Okay. I don't know them well enough to go into the details of their love story, except it's a love of science. It's a love of science because sometime around 1994, Laddie was driving back and forth while she worked at the Science Museum of Minnesota in Minneapolis, St. Paul. And you know, your head fills up when you have two hours of driving to do or three hours or whatever that is. I guess closer to three hours. And I think her head was filled with, I got to get science in its informal sense of the word. I got to get it up north. And of course, living in Bemidji became that spot. Jim and Laddie were married for 71 years. Wow. And I think about that. My wife and I are leaning into 40 years of marriage. So 31 more years than I've been married. Our age will end up being about 94 Oh, wouldn't that be a glorious blessing to be married to the same person for 71 years? That'd be great. Jim, of course, was terrifically healthy. Uh, Laddie's still alive, of course. Mm -hmm. She she, uh, continues to live down in the cities. But 71 years of marriage, that's a love story to be told. Yeah. Wow, absolutely. We are talking with Lee Furseth. He's the executive director of the Headwater Science Center, talking about the passing of uh, Jim Elwell prior to this uh, founder, along with his wife, Laddie, of the Headwater Science Center, and such a key, key part of it. But uh, the, the Science Center is rocking and rolling, and uh, Lee, you got some stuff going on. Yeah, we really do. It's been really, really fun. And I don't remember last time I visited with you, Kev, or either your listeners would have heard this discussion, but I'm thinking it was sometimes back towards the beginning of September. Maybe it was in there somewhere. We were, we were previewing the changes you were going to make after Labor Day. Perfect. Thank you for that. Yes. Because that's what I want to talk about. Okay. All right. And we sit here together today, and I know you can look out your window and see us. Yes. We should be shinier on the front. And I don't know if you saw any of this scaffolding that went back and forth and back and forth. It did it for four days. We painted, we, we scrubbed clean, power washer clean, the front of the building, and then we painted our letters and the background. So next time your listeners drive down Beltrami Avenue, just slow down long enough to see if you notice how clean the lettering is. Uh, I tried to visit with folks who were around when those letters went up. This is probably the first time they got that extensive of cleaning. First time they've been painted in whatever that is, 20 years. I've heard that it was 2002 when those letters went up. Okay. Uh, so we're talking 20 years, and those letters are just as shiny as can be now. Painted them all. So that's the first thing I'd start with. Okay. We painted the front of our, right. our building's letters. Yeah. So you look... Uh, you look sharp now. Spiffy. All right. 
something like that. <laughs> anyway, um, so then we go inside the building. Artemis is our largest snake. Artemis is huge. Artemis weighs about 30 pounds, and then snakes are terrifically strong. I mean, sure. mm-hmm. their muscles would make ours look like, I don't know, rubber bands. And, and Artemis got to move into a whole new enclosure. So that took about three days. You could come in and see it. It looks like Artemis moved into a hotel compared mm-hmm. to where Artemis was living before. And so that's one of those things. We now have seven snakes, of which Artemis is the biggest. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay, it's, it's very fun. So what kind, of, what kind of snake is he? Artemis is a boa constrictor. Oh, the boa constrictor. So, yes, Artemis likes to squeeze things, especially just before lunch. Mm-hmm. And so Artemis is living in this. Uh, of course, we painted it green because we're green. We're green and orange. Everything mm-hmm. we do here is green and orange. But Artemis moved into, like I say, it, it almost looks like it has a two-story. Like Artemis can go, hey, I think I'll go up to the second floor today. And then Artemis has an enlarged, even first floor. So it's a really cool. Artemis enjoys that all so much that you could come and look, but we almost never take Artemis out now. Yes, we could, (laughs) but it's a very heavy snake, so we tend to choose one of the other six. Okay. Yeah. So I'm glad to tell you about that one. Cool. I want to tell you about the Pipes of Pan. (laughs) The Pipes of Pan. Pipes of Pan is an invention of Julie Bankson. We've talked oh. about Julie Bankson mm-hmm. every time we get close to E-cubed. And it was a beautiful, beautiful exhibit. It's on our Facebook page today. If your listeners want to go to our Facebook page, um, they could go there and see both the former Pipes of Pan, and now we call it the Augmented Pipes of Pan. And Julie just loves that word, augmented, because I'm not exactly sure what it means in music, but I think it enhanced the music. I think it's okay. like, ooh, more sounds. So we went from eight notes to 24 notes. You can play more notes now on the pipes of pan. Oh. For your listeners that are, oh, I really understand music and all those things. Okay. Eight notes is a single scale. Right. But there are no sharps and flats. So if you're going to play away, you get to play eight notes. Kind of limits your amount of music you can yeah. play. I think you can play Jingle Bells. Uh, I think you can play think Jingle Bells, and I think you can play uh, Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. I think you can. <laughs> yep, those would fit. But as soon as you either wanted to play in a different key or if you wanted the occasional sharp or flat, right. you can't play that song. Mm-hmm. Well, you can now. It's 24 notes. It's just about two scales. All the sharps and flats are there. And you can play a pretty cool song well i can't (laughs) i'm not a piano player but yeah you can play a pretty cool song on on our new pipes of pan okay cool cool exhibit it just because we wanted to make it look different and because we really wanted to tie to a piano it's black and white there are white keys white tubes this is all made out of out of uh, pipes and tubes and then there are black ones okay literally can go oh i'm going to play a sharp or a flat Yes, that's what you can play. Yeah. Okay, yeah. got it. Should we talk about blue blocks? Let's talk about blue blocks. Okay, blue blocks have been around at the Headwater Science Center back to the uh, Annie Ricks, Butler Ricks years, mm-hmm. and she dreamt them up, brought them in, and it is a wonderful, wonderful exhibit. We had a hundred of them. Kids would have a great time playing, but I think it limited them, so we bought fifty more. Okay, we've added them to, and then we took some pictures of the stuff that's now being created. This is on our Facebook page, too, so you could go see it. And all of a sudden, the creations changed. Probably your engineer listeners would be sitting back going, well, of course, 
you provided this shape or that many more blocks and now things that seem like they were difficult are now being shown almost every day. People come in and play with the blocks. It's pretty fun to play and then there's that many more. So mm-hmm. I list that in our, here's an addition to our new stuff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, we have an exhibit called the Build a Trip to Mars. Build a Trip to Mars. Yeah. I like well, I'd that. love to do that. Yes. <laughs> and it's all Legos. Oh, so wow. So you come, you do this entire thing. Now, not everybody builds something so they can go to Mars. There's a whole bunch of directions on how to do that. But you can come and just build whatever. It's on a table. It's kind of in our preschool area. And it's pretty doggone cool. It it's a little like your counter right here. It's a go ahead, build on it, and you can just sit there. And because there's enough Legos, you can build more than whatever it takes to go to Mars. Sure. But that's that exhibit. So that's a pretty cool one. Um, and there's one more. Now, this one's been around for over a year, so it's not really new, but I still think people are discovering it. And it's called the Color Shadow Wall. Um, This is one of those where I've said to people, it's the coolest way to go to the bathroom in all of Bemidji. (laughs) Oh, Because it's right next to our restrooms on the second floor. And there's a wall. And then there's lights behind you as you would stand and look at the wall. And the three colors are red, yellow, and blue. And now your shadow combines those three colors. You can move back and forth creating different colored shadows. I mean, you'd end up with some purple and orange and all those kind of pieces. Why that's significant is that most people don't just move back and forth. They strike a pose, and then their shadow looks really cool. Yeah. There was this really fun couple. They came, it was right at about September 1st, and they came, and they're a little bit older than me. They might have even been in their 70s. And boy, they had fun. They were striking a pose and they were doing all this stuff and moving back and forth, took some video clips, all that kind of stuff. Yes, we're known for our appeal to children. We are. We know that that age group goes, oh, I'm going to play today. It's really fun when a couple of 70-year-olds come in and (laughs) that's what they do. They play and they don't even need an excuse, right? There's no need to apologize for the fact that you're about to play because that's what they did. They found an exhibit. They did lots of other stuff too, but okay. they played in front of the colored shadow wall. So that's the new stuff that you'd see when you come in. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and now you're probably starting to cook up some ideas for E-Cubed. We are. We are. Let me give a quick wrap-up to BooFest. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, that, that was just the other day. Yeah, BooFest was on the night of Halloween. Mm-hmm. That was last Tuesday. I, I'm going to tell you that something happened in Bemidji that resulted in way less trick-or-treaters. And I'm out there. Maybe your listeners could suggest what it is. But we were down 200 from last year and three and 400, so almost half the number okay. that we had planned for. And then I've talked to other people, and they go, yeah, our event was too. So I don't know. And standard trick-or-treating was way down from the people who typically typically get a lot. That's basically what I've been hearing across the board. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's what happened to us. We were down 200, and we went, hmm, was it something we did? You're kind of suggesting, no, Lee, you're part of a bigger picture of yeah. trick-or-treating was down. Yeah. We still had fun. Yeah. I, 
One of the things that's unique about BooFest is that when it gets to about 500, I would tell you your experience was not as fun. You're now standing in line to get to do whatever the game was. Yeah. There wasn't much standing. We had 346. That sounds like a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But really, you could just walk right up to the game and play it and then move right on to the next one. So it probably actually <clears throat> improved people's experiences. Yeah. Okay. Great. You want to talk about eCube? Let's talk bit? about eCube. It's coming up uh, not that long. Again, to your listeners, when you're looking at the front of the Headwater Science Center because you want to see those shiny new painted yeah. letters, you should also look at the display window on the north side Okay. Of the Headwater Science Center. Just slow down as you're coming down Beltrami Avenue. Hope I'm not causing traffic jams now. <laughs> but slow down because we loaned out our window to the Bemidji Symphony. Oh. We just said, why don't you go ahead? Because they have a symphony. They have a concert on the 12th of November. And we said, hey, use our window. We're not ready to put up our Christmas one yet. Why don't you use our window? And they're going to use our window now for two weeks in anticipation of that. The reason I bring that up is because our relationship to the BSO has become really cool, really tight, and it's being caused by E-Cubed. Oh. Because E-Cubed's on a Saturday, mm-hmm. and there's a symphony concert on the following Sunday. Okay. Here's what we're suggesting. Go to E-Cubed, have a great time, go to the concert the next day. These are back-to-backs. You should go to E-Cubed, experience all of that, get yeah. yourself up the next day and go to the concert because the themes are the same. We are the science of love okay, and all of what that will bring about. I, we have six months still. Well, it's probably less than six months now, isn't it? We're like four and a half months as we think about the science of love because it's on February 17th. Gotcha, right after Valentine's Day. Yeah. Okay. Like I've said to some other people, I hope this is true even of my wife and I. We're not going to celebrate on a Wednesday night. Is that when Valentine's Day is the 14th? Anyway, yeah. it's in the middle of the week. Just wait to do it on the, well, the following Saturday, which would be February 17th. Okay. So that would be the Valentine. Buy your loved one a Valentine. Go to E-Cubed. Uh, let's let's add to it, and then the next day go to. And I don't exactly remember the theme of their concert. Something to do with love songs and something like that. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Obviously, and uh, we're starting to plan for it. So it's going to be, as always, going to be a lot of fun. Going to be a lot of great food, and uh, tickets will be going on sale. I'm assuming. Shortly after the new year, I would guess. Yeah, typically we'd make our tickets available in early January, and that's what we'll do. We'll start that whole process. So get ready for that. I would mark it on your calendar. Just go, oh, I got the 17th taken care of, and then you should just slide <laughs> one over and go, oh, the 18th. I got that one taken care of too. So, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm assuming you're open every day still? Yep, okay. seven days a week. Okay. You know, back in the day when we close on a Tuesday – that took too long to explain, except we're closed on Tuesdays. We just don't bother with that anymore. We're okay. open seven days a week. The only exception would be Sunday when we open after lunch, so 1 o'clock. We always stay open until 5.30, and yeah, Monday through Saturday is come to the Science Center. Okay. Anything else we need to know about the Headwater Science Center at the moment? 
No, that's what's new. <laughs> okay, that's what's new. He's Lee Furseth. He's the executive director of the Headwater Science Center, and we'll be checking in with him just down the road in another month or so. And, and of course, uh, E-Cubed is coming up, and I'm planning to be involved in that as always. So, Lee, thanks for being here today. It's always great to have you in. It was great to be here, Kev. Chatabout has been sponsored by Beltrami Electric Cooperative, the Bemidji Chrysler Center, Honda of Bemidji, and Higgins Heating, Air Conditioning, and Refrigeration. Coming up tomorrow on Chatabout, we preview the next event on the Bemidji Community Theater calendar, the musical Brigadoon. That's tomorrow on Chatabout. I'm Kev Jackson. Thank you so much for being here today.